G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. History Makers with Matt Prater. Coming off of drugs, you're going to have emotional problems, but I kept chasing after God. And he's using this vehicle to bring people out of the dark into the light. And I went forward and I knelt at the front, and it, it was a radical conversion experience. And that's where the big change happened, and that's where we decided we're going to use our music for God, we're going to change our songs. When I was about 25-year-old, I was uh, busted and into jail, and it was there that I came to the Lord. History Makers with Matt Prater. Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're chatting with Pastor Dean Briggs, who is part of the International House of Prayer in Kansas City with a well-known pastor named Mike Bickle. And uh, he's also part of the World Prayer Assembly. There's a massive prayer gathering happening in Australia later this year. And uh, I've just heard Dean speak this morning and uh, I've got a couple of his books. I'm so inspired uh, by his message that he's brought. Uh, Dean, let's hear a bit of your story. Uh, tell us your background. Where were you born and raised? Sure. So I was born in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. My parents came to the Lord in the Jesus movement in yep. the 70s. I was mm-hmm. marked by that movement at an early age. Mm-hmm. have clear memories actually from three years old of just watching my parents and their friends pray and worship the Lord. Uh, Grew up all of the Lord, all of my life seeking the Lord. Lots of failure, but always loving Him and feeling loved by Him. Called to ministry, uh, planted and pastored a church uh, for eleven years. When I was twenty-five, planted and pastored the church with a friend of mine. My wife passed away uh, many years ago from breast cancer. I had uh, four boys under the age of eleven when she passed. It was a devastating period of my life. Just a, a lot of very painful things happening. But God brought beauty out of ashes. And uh, uh, in due time, uh, a beautiful, fiery, red-headed widow <laughs> who also had four kids. Uh, we met and fell in love. And so we have eight children, ages 22 to 32, seven boys and one girl. And uh, after Leaving the ministry for a period of time, entering the marketplace, moving back to be near my family, meeting my new wife, growing my family, I ended up moving to Kansas City to go on staff at IHOP, ended up getting connected to a man named Lou Engel Mm -hmm. instead, Mm -hmm. ran with Lou for several years, and then was invited to join the executive team at the International House of Prayer, and that brings us up to the present. Wow. It's an incredible story of what God's done in your life. Let's, let's backtrack a little bit. I always like to find out about people's early faith experiences. So was there a conversion experience or were you just always a follower of Jesus? No, uh, there was definitely, I, I clearly remember. So my parents moved. They felt a call from the Lord uh, to kind of streamline and simplify. You know, the 70s, the Jesus movement was basically saved hippies, if you will. Mm. And so that call to a simpler life, they moved from Tulsa, Oklahoma, to a farm, a 400-acre cattle ranch in Tulsa, Oklahoma, I mean, in Tahlequah, Oklahoma. And I remember 
Uh, I was five years old. I woke up one morning and I just knew I needed Jesus. And I walked out into the living room uh, before school. I told my mom and dad, I want to ask Jesus into my heart. And uh, at a very early age, the Lord just imprinted himself on my life. I uh, asked to be filled with the Spirit at age 12 and always had this sense that I was called to ministry, but I didn't think it was pastoring. But I did pastor for 11 years, but I had this sense that I was called to help equip the global body of Christ and prepare them for the return of the King. And Mm so uh, I definitely had a clear conversion experience and uh, uh, a a clear moment of encounter with the Holy Spirit in my Mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. I just love hearing those stories. And, uh, you know, God pursues us. He chases after us. And and that was your moment. Uh, Now, I also saw an interview that you did recently with Eric Metaxas, who's a a well-known media guy in the US. And you you had one of your sons with you. You talked about... Uh, a book you'd released about the importance of rites of passage. Tell us a bit about that. Sure. So finding myself, number one, with four sons, then seven sons. Out of my eight kids, seven boys, one girl. I love my daughter, but I a concentration of seven sons, right? So I I felt the, um, the privilege and the burden of that. I think fathers need to look at, if you're a father of a son, you're entrusted with the next generation of leadership. And so I, um, a message of sonship has been an important part of my life as a, as a Bible teacher, the message of sonship, our adoption, the spirit that's given to us by which we cry out, Abba, Father. And so I felt I needed to be real deliberate with my sons. And uh, I, I did something with my daughter also, but I, I crafted a journey for my sons called Brave Quest. It's 50 days of an allegorical Lord of the Rings, John Bunyan, Pilgrim's Progress combination that's also part journal where they move through in just short readings, two or three pages a day, 50 days of preparation basically for their teenage years. Mm-hmm. And so I, um, uh, they read, they encounter these allegorical situations, challenges, encounters, circumstances, but they also have to answer questions and write Mm -hmm. their part. So my name isn't actually on the book. Mm. They sign their name as the author of their own story. Mm. And so Brave Quest, they do that, but then there's a three-day getaway with dad and then come back to an encounter with a group of men. We knight them. We speak destiny over them. And that whole thing... People can go to mybravequest.com, mybravequestaltogether.com, and the fathers can sign up and get this whole package. They don't have to figure it out. I just spell it all out. This is what I did. This is the schedule. This is what you do on day one, day five, all of that. The son gets the book. The dads get the plan. And they can go to mybravequest.com and get all of that free. Wow, love it. That's so good. I was so inspired when I heard about that. And, you know, there is a a massive father wound in most people. And, you know, we need to get back to godly fatherhood. So I love that. Now, let's get on to the topic of prayer. So I regularly will watch the IHOP worship going yeah, on. Live so, yeah. so it's it's not the International House of Pancakes, just so you know, in the House <laughs> of Prayer. Uh, so they just have a live stream 24-7. It's been going for years. Yes. And they just have worship going 24-7. And, and Mike Bickle has this real heart for the DNA of prayer and fasting and, of course, Lou Angle uh, to... to be infused into into Christians. Would you just speak? You know, there might be people listening and watching that never really got 
prayer and fasting and, and intercessory prayer. What's, what's it all about? Well, that's a big question, right? <laughs> but I, I, I think I can speak at a human level, pastoring for 11 years. I always had my own devotional prayer life, mm-hmm. but I wasn't a praying pastor. Mm. And I think that most pastors could actually say that. Mm. Uh, I thought that intercessory prayer was the thing you gave to the women of the church, just being candid. I had my own devotional prayer life before the Lord, but I didn't really understand the difference between prayer and intercession. I think people can have a, a rich prayer life, but intercession is where we start to bear his burdens for issues on earth beyond our own lives. Mm. And so uh, through a series of, of encounters, including working with Lou, working with Mike, and, and revelation the Lord gave me, uh, I began to experience more of the, the sacred entrustment, the privilege, the burden, the joy of seeing a problem in the earth, getting God's perspective on it, understanding that he has given us this extraordinary ability to talk to him about things he wants to see change on earth, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and to partner with him, not just in prayer, but in intercession to see justice, mercy, compassion, salvation roll forth. We know every great revival is bathed in prayer, initiated in prayer, but We kind of live from revival to revival rather than taking ownership of our sphere of influence with a spirit of intercession that says, I am the agent of change with heaven's permission and blessing and partnership in my territory. Mm. And so uh, that's just become a passion of mine and equipping others to get that perspective. There's actually so many adventures we're meant to experience in God in that journey but we often live very shallow lives in our experience. We're, we hear these other amazing testimonies from others, but we don't realize so many of those testimonies are being birthed in the place of prayer. Mm, mm. And I know that you're part of the World Prayer Assembly yes. uh, happening in Australia and Perth later this year. Uh, for those who uh, don't know much about it, tell us all about it. Well, October 3rd to 6th, uh, I, I'm just here to support this nation. I, I'm here as an American brother uh, I've been praying for the British Commonwealth nations for years. Been praying for Australia. I had a zeal in my heart to come. This is actually my first time here, mm-hmm. and so I'm 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 here to support the local church, the national church, on behalf of the World Prayer Assembly Advisory Board, uh, prayer leaders like yourself across the nation that are coming together for three days, October third through the sixth, in Perth. Because we believe this is an hour for Australia and an hour for Oceania to rise up with a possession of destiny, uh, a a sense of your own place uh, of leadership among the nations in revival, the great Southlands of the Holy Spirit. It's an Australian hour to lead Oceania and an hour for Oceania to, I believe, launch a tsunami across the nations of Asia and the Middle East sweeping toward Jerusalem. There's just a prophetic storyline. It's more than I can unpack here. I'm sharing in a number of places from Brisbane across to Perth, coming back in October, and I'm just encouraging people. If even you're if you're curious about it at all, you can go to WPA2023AU.org and learn more. But we believe this is an hour 
for fasting, prayer, and agreement for revival to break loose in Australia. Mm. Uh, We've only got a couple of minutes left, and I really do want to just get you to unpack just the headlines of Ecclesia. So you've written a book called Ecclesia Rising. You shared about it uh, when I heard you speak recently, and uh, I just think it's such an important message. Uh, just give us the, the headline, uh, what's Ecclesia Rising all about? Well, so the headlines could be easily misunderstood. <laughs> I, I, I'm a, I, I was a local pastor. I love the church. I grew up in the church. But the Lord hit me in 2010, 2010, with a revelation that even though I had been taught and most pastors are taught that the word church comes from the word Ecclesia, it's actually a known and accepted mistranslation because both generally mean assembly, an assembly of people. And the church has done so many beautiful things. The church continues to be a force for good in the earth. But the word ecclesia is actually a more potent and robust word in terms of its governmental sphere of authority. And I don't mean human government. I mean participating with divine government. The, the, the heavenly court, the throne of heaven, where we have been raised up and seated with Christ in heavenly places, and we've been given permission. Ecclesia is a word that at the time of Christ, meant the ruling council of the city. And so when Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my, and we substitute the word church, the word Jesus actually used was ecclesia. And it just means something. When, when you get the shift, when you get the paradigm, it's we got to do everything the church is doing, but we have not yet really begun to do what ecclesia is meant to do. And I believe the church is moving into an ecclesia time. Amen, amen. Well, I was so inspired to hear that message uh, on that. And and I truly believe uh, prayer, intercession, unity uh, is uh, is key to, uh, you know, what God's doing on the earth right now. And, and I've never seen uh, more prayer gatherings mm. between churches, uh, pastors, leaders. Uh, you know, there's something happening. There's, a, there's an awakening. There's a, a revival yeah. happening. And, you know, we've been talking a lot about the Asbury revival recently, uh, just uh, coming from the States. What, what are you hearing about how that's impacting uh, the world right now? Well, you know, we've all had a burden for Gen Z. Is that the term the Aussies yeah. use also? Yep. Mm-hmm. We've had a burden for Gen Z. We've been crying out for our sons and daughters to have a re- real encounter with God for mm-hmm. themselves. And what I see and have heard from the Asbury Revival is that this is a move of God kind of uniquely tailored to reach Gen Z. Mm-hmm. I believe it's going to spread. I believe it's going to diversify. I think there's a lot more to come. Mm-hmm. But it's hitting the college campuses. It's spreading. I think it's about to cross the borders of the oceans. Mm-hmm. And it is time for the next generation to get their own encounter with God. And in terms of, Matt, what you were saying about um, prayer, there has never been a period of time like the last 20, 30 years in terms of global prayer, coordinated Mm. prayer, Mm. thousands of, of houses of prayer, diverse prayer movements, strategic coordinated prayer, and, and and as an encouragement for all of Australia, I just want to leave you with this. If you look at the tabernacle of Moses, you can look at it in a lot of ways. It's highly symbolic on many levels. But if you look at it as a portrait of history, the chronology of history, moving from the outer court where humanity did not know God into the uh, the holy place, progressing towards the most intimate, powerful encounter of the Holy of Holies. The last thing is the altar of incense. The last place 
in that progression, if we were to look at that chronologically, the last place before heaven touches earth is the altar of incense, which symbolized prayer. Revelation 4 and 5 talk about the altar of incense as the place of prayer, the symbol of prayer. And so the whole house had to be filled with smoke before the high priest moved into the Holy of Holies. Mm. Matt, the whole earth is filling with smoke. Mm. The whole earth is filling, Australia is filling with smoke. And this is a sign of the, the nearness, the, the coming of the Lord, mm. the coming of the kingdom to earth, touching down and the earth is filling with smoke. I'm just so encouraged by the Lord in these days. Amen, amen. I just, uh, I completely agree. And I'm so excited uh, to hear how uh, God's gonna continue to use you as you share around Australia and around the world. Now, you've done 15 books and uh, I've got a couple here. I'm really excited to get uh, get into those. If people wanna find out more, what's the best website to go to? Yeah, great, thank you. They can go to deanbriggs.com. I have a list of all my resources there. I would encourage people, uh, you can click on the button at the top, Courses. I have a number of video courses that are really immersive teachings filmed in just uh, 10 to 15 minute bites. So they're easy to digest in small doses, but really rich teaching on the new covenant, on new creation life, and on ecclesia, uh, along with my books and other resources. So uh, deanbriggs.com. And Briggs has got two Gs. Yeah, (laughs) D-E-A-N-B-R-I-G-G-S.com. All right, Dean. Mate, I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. If you'd like to hear this conversation again, listen online anytime at historymakersradio.com. You'll also find links to all of our social media channels and you can subscribe to our iTunes podcast. History Makers is a faith-based ministry and we want to thank everyone for their generous support. If you've got a suggestion of anyone we should interview, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless. I'm Matt Prater, and my challenge to you now is to go and make history. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 